Welcome to another episode of the Creative on Purpose broadcast, conversations about finding fulfillment through more meaningful work. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Creative on Purpose, available on Amazon, or visit BeCreativeOnPurpose.com to get started with free chapters. Let's meet today's guest. Paul Millard, welcome to the broadcast. Please introduce yourself and share a project that you're currently working on or excited about. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. I am uh, excited to talk to you today. I personally share uh, a lot in common with you. I get really excited about helping people do things that matter to them as well. Um, and right now I'm working on Boundless. And that for me is a platform where I can make sense of what the heck is happening in today's working world. <laughs> and I think just our world more broadly. And I do that through writing. Uh, I have a podcast as well where I interview people who are uh, carving their own paths like you. Um, and also on the side, do uh, some coaching work, people who are trying to become freelancers, trying to make sense of what the heck am I doing out here? and uh, also do some consulting work. Uh, so that's what stays me energized. Uh, if people are interested, they can uh, check it out at think-boundless.com. Awesome. So uh, tell us, what is the future of work, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a tendency to run long on these things. I've, uh, I've written quite a bit about it. And whenever I start writing about these things, it turns into uh, 5,000 words explaining what I mean. And I realize uh, nobody reads that. Um, so it, when I think about the future of work, I think about it from the individual standpoint. I think about how do we create possibility and opportunity for people. Um, I would say one thing that's happening from the organization side is that work is becoming more complex, more frustrating, and less human in a time when we actually need the opposite. We need people to create. We need people to create remarkable experiences and become more human. Um, so I think a lot of what I feel is that tension. Um, so that's probably one thing. I think, uh, two is we're seeing a disaggregation of the opportunities people can take. And there's a lot around like the gig economy and options being created for people, but there's actually a lot of, uh, underlying bad trends happening. A lot of full-time work is turning into contract work, which is lower paid and without benefits. And that's happening for millions of people. And that's not a good trend. And I think the future of work means we have to figure out what uh, we actually mean by work. Do we need everyone to work? Is that the sole place we're gonna try and find dignity and meaning? Um, and I could go on. I mean, I think those are kind of the two framing uh, concepts or ideas when I when I think about it and when I go deeper. That's interesting. I just watched a uh, a video put out by Seth Godin of a talk he did at IBM talking about AI and and to a certain degree the future of work. And, he, and basically, he says AI is every. Uh, AI is, I can't remember the exact, or what, what is, what is not AI or what can't AI do? And it's, it's basically AI is going to eventually do everything that can be written down. If you can write down the steps it takes for you to do a task, AI will eventually take, take that over. And, and a lot of, there's a lot of uh, anxiety 
over AI, AI driving our, our delivery trucks and uh, our cars and our cabs and those, those kind of things. And it has people feeling anxious. It has some people being out in arms, but up in arms, but at the same time, there is also this opportunity and you kind of hit on something that I think is really important, which is, you know, what, what machines will never be able to do are the things that humans are actually built for and best at. Great. Uh, for me, one of those things is creativity to apply our our uh, social nature and our capacity for reason and our creative instinct to solve interesting problems and to do interesting work, work that's worth doing, work that matters and has has an impact uh, on others. So what are, are there any other trends out there that you see around work? Yeah, so I think you hit on uh, an interesting point there, right? It's, uh, I think there's actually a disconnect. We need more of that, right? That those remarkable human experiences that people create, but we don't actually value a lot of it um, or create the systems that enable people to uh, show those gifts. So if you look at our, I mean, U.S., for example, we're basically seeing a bifurcation of the types of jobs that are existing. You're having high-end knowledge work jobs. There's a pretty steady increase in those, but not enough for the whole economy. The middle, disappearing. Um, all those jobs are being automated away by AI or just um, being moved to uh, different areas in the world. And then the lower-end jobs, low-skilled, as we say, I think low-skill is a... Uh, misnomer there it's like low-wage retail jobs um we have probably 10 million plus people who we label working poor right but if you're in a retail job anyone who's gone to like a place like trader joe's wegman's um other places like that they leave and say oh my god that was a remarkable experience um but companies like trader joe's have figured out how to we can actually value people and pay them more and treat them and give them the environment to be remarkable. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, uh, I'm not sure what the answer is there. Um, but I think we definitely need to change our mindset. Um, and it starts with like tying pay status and uh, power to, um, education credentials, um, knowledge work and different things like that. So. Well, and there's also, we live in this amazing period of time when yes it you know maybe true true that technology ai or whatever you want to say is is taking over more and more of the things that humans used to do as their job um right. but never have we had never have more people had more access to the tools that used right. to be gatekeepers if you want to publish a magazine you can publish a magazine in 10 minutes. If you want to start a uh, TV channel, you can do that right now. If you want to um, start a radio show, if you want to write a book, if you, I mean, if you want to make a movie, you, there's, there's nothing right. holding you back other than your own initiative uh, and imagination. Um, any well yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think you're hitting on the key point right there is like, uh, my hypothesis is we need a mindset shift around a lot of these things. I think looking to uh, our current Congress or politicians for hope is probably uh, maybe a 50 year strategy, but I don't think we're going to get anything in the next five. 
Um, so I develop, I actually developed a, uh, mind future of work mindset assessment tool that lets people kind of just assess where they are. It's, um, how you create, how you evolve and how you adapt. And, uh, it touches on some of these things, right? Are we looking for a job for access to do what we want to do or are we able to just do it, create opportunities for ourselves? And I'm sure that's something that resonates with you. I mean, you've been uh, doing music, doing a lot of different things uh, for a lot of your life, right? Um, and that's the only way you know how to operate. Um, we need more people to uh, understand that that's really the only reality we have for our future. Yeah, so a lot of that mindset comes comes down, I think, uh, two things. One, one is, as you just indicated, reframing. You know, we can you can you can look at what's happening in the world and say, "Oh my God, the world is ending," or you can say, "Wow, the world is really changing. Where can I find an edge and start to carve out my own my own thing? Work that's actually you know a reflection of who I am and what I believe and and what I stand for and attracts the people like me that I want to, to serve. Um, the other, in addition to, you know, just changing our mindset about, around those things is I think uh, also a, a posture shift. We have to start leaning into these opportunities as if, as if they will work as if we, you know, with, with that idea that, you know, what would you do if you did not, if, if failure was, was, was impossible? What would you do if, if you knew that you were going to succeed because you, there's really nothing stopping you from, if you keep at it, if you persist, if you, if you continue to learn and engage and consistently show up in whatever endeavor you decide to, to, to choose, um, you know, there's, there's so little cost involved. Why would you right. not, why would you not do that? Why would you not just go ahead and give it a try? Yeah. I mean, I think Seth Godin talks about this, but, uh, it's just easier to blame someone else, right? Uh, if you have a job, you can just blame the people you're working for, for not letting you do what you want to do. Uh, if you don't get accepted to a job, you can just say, well, I didn't get the opportunity, so I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was actually on the phone with, uh, senior in college who wanted to be a strategy consultant. Um, I spent 10 years in that industry and I was telling him, you have no idea how lucky you are. <laughs> when I was graduating college, I couldn't find out anything about these companies. Um, and this is only 10 years ago. There were no LinkedIn profiles of anyone. There was no information about how to do consulting. It's all there. So if you want to be a consultant, all you need to do is find a client. <laughs> So just email someone and say, hey, I'm a student. I'm curious. I want to learn. Um, I might charge you a small amount, but if you're not happy with it, I'll refund you twice the amount. Um, but do you want to take a chance on me? In the worst cases, they say no. Right. Well, and that's and that's uh, that's an essential point. I mean, the, so you, you, you hit on the, the first thing, which is, um, overcoming our resistance. And for most of us, it's, you know, we, we, we believe that we're victims of our situation, our circumstance, our, you know, the, the uh, birth lottery that we were born into. And it's easy to get stuck in that cycle and just keep spinning that story that you are somehow a victim in all this. And I mean, the truth is, you know, we control very little 
of what happens outside of our own domain. Like we can control our perception of things and we can control what we decide to do next, but we don't control other people. We don't control situations, circumstances, our environment, and we definitely don't control results. But between what we do control and what we absolutely do not control, we do have these opportunities for influence. And one strategy seems to me is that if you can just decide on the very smallest first step that you can take. So that example you just gave of of the senior who is wanting to start a business, you know, it's not, how do I get a hundred clients? How do I set up an agency? How do I, it's like, how do you get number one? If you can't get number one, why waste the time planning for the, for the, the, you know, writing up your articles of incorporation, (laughs) you know, the first step is can, can you get one person to trust you? Can you delight one client in such a way that they will become your best advertiser? Um, I also, I mean, you, and I'll just circle back to this idea of, of agency and turn it back over to you, but you know, the, the first, the first step in that mindset shift, I think is, is just taking a good hard look in the mirror and saying, what, what do I control? What do I not control? Well, I control me. I control the way I choose to think and I choose the decision, uh, the decisions I make, even in, even in um, difficult or misfortunate circumstances, you have choices. You always have choices as to how you're going to see the things and what you're going to decide to do next. Any further thoughts on agency or, or first steps or, or uh, tools or strategies that you use? So one thing I have people do is actually write. Uh, and I think writing is a skill that's valuable pretty much any aspect of life, but write and publish something out there in the world. Uh, because I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, I still write and write publicly and I feel like a fool every time I publish something, right? And it, the best part is connecting with people that resonate with what you write, but um, I, I always feel like, oh God, I could do better. Uh, uh, it's not uh, it's not the best thing I've written or uh, I can definitely keep improving. Uh, but that uncertainty never goes away. And I think with writing and putting something out there, you can kind of dance with that uncertainty. Um, it could be just a good exercise of like learning how to be creative and putting things out into the world. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think I, Seth Godin speaks to this frequently. Everybody should blog. You should, and even if that means doing it anonymously or you know, <laughs> publishing on a platform that nobody is going to see, um, the act of writing things down, and you know where where are your good ideas going to come from? Where is your good work going to come yeah. from? Um, you know, the first time that you attempted walking as a child, it was, you know, was it a miserable failure or was it just a first misstep in this, you know, quick, uh, you know, quick journey from being a non-walker to a walker? I mean, you think about the significance of that skill uh, and how quickly and fearlessly and to, in many ways, effortlessly that happens. Why do we have to get hung up on whether or not to hit the publish button on a, on a post that we've written when it's, you know, just, just going to help us 
develop that muscle and will get better through practice. We, we pr progress through that practice. I'm fascinated by that, that idea of, um, of, of trying to get things down. My, my latest thing is the trying to distill when I, when I'm doing coaching sessions and coming up, coming up against excuses or rationalizations about why somebody can't get something done. Um, I try to boil it down to what's what, what one minute thing, what one minute exercise can we create here? Yeah. Um, the example I always use is, uh, you know, about seven, eight years ago, I was uh, about 75 pounds heavier than I am right now. And uh, the deal I made for myself was I was going to walk to the top of my driveway and back every morning. Yeah, I love that. So we had a long driveway, it took about a you know, minute to drop, walk up. And so what happens, what happened would be you get your, your walking shoes on, you go out the door and you walk up to the end of the driveway. Well, what are you going to do? Are you really going to just turn around and walk back down the driveway? You know, so I would, you know, the, then it was walk to the end of right. the street, then it was walk around the block, walk a mile, walk two miles, walk three miles, eventually I started running, you know, so, but it was the hardest part of starting anything right. is starting. And so if your hang up is writing, just agree that before you check email in the morning, you're going to write for one minute. You're going to write right. two sentences, two sentences about what you're going to do that day. The yeah. chances that you're, once you're in the chair typing, that you're going to continue typing are really, really high. Yeah. And then, uh, so that's the whole systems versus goals idea. Have you uh, read about this concept from anyone? Mm -mm. So uh, I got it from Scott Adams and um, I, how to fail at anything and still win big. Um, it talks about how, I mean, the flaw in goals is that they're binary. It's either you fully achieve it or you fail. And if you set a hard goal, you're typically going to fail. Like, and instead of that, we should think about systems. And this resonates with me as my background as a systems engineer um, <laughs> of uh, basically just doing a like walk to the top of the uh, um, hill every day. Right. Or the system could just be like walk every day. Right. That is such a low bar. There's no goal. All you have to do is walk. Mm -hmm. Right. And then once you start, you're going to keep doing it. So I actually implement this stuff. One of my systems is go to the gym every other day. I have no goal to be in any sort of shape, lift a certain amount of weights or um, anything like that. So some days I just go and work out for five minutes and there's no success or failure because as long as I show up um, and some days I don't feel great and I leave immediately, uh, but, but I still just go to the gym every other day interesting yeah so um now scott adams this is the the creator of dilbert yeah yeah okay um i've listened to a podcast recently I, maybe it was tim ferris or or um james altucher or something he's a fascinating he's uh, i just knew him from the the strip until very recently but he's a he's a fascinating well he's got a fascinating story in addition to having a very keen intellect um i i I, I, I like that idea a lot. The, the, the other thing that ties into a lot of what we're talking about to, seems to me to be attachment. And this is what 
creates the resistance. And this is what creates the anxiety that people have over the future of work and, you know, whether AI is going to steal their job or not is they are attached to an idea, to an outcome, to a um, dream of themselves that is um, unrealistic because it's so far beyond their control. And what that does is it takes you out of the present moment, which is the only thing that you connect with the only place where you can actually do anything to improve your situation or to change your mindset or to take that first step. And it projects projects you into a a future and it creates inertia because you're just cycling about all the anxiety and stress that you feel about the things that may or may not um, work out. And so, uh, there's a certain inherent part of, in what you were just talking about, uh, of kind of a return of agency, you know, like yeah. you can decide to, to be in charge and to do, you know, do this small task that you set yourself, but it also brings you right. Yeah. So, so it's this, uh, I think you're hitting on an awesome point here, which is we're, atta- we're attached to this idea of, I actually wrote about this uh, last week, this idea of work, right? We think about work in terms of an ideal of what it was and what, it, what we want it to be, uh, but it doesn't actually exist anymore for most people. It exists for like the right credentialed people, uh, and I say that cynically, um, who have the right background, who know how to navigate certain knowledge careers. Uh, Most people don't have access to this uh, full-time job with great benefits, with security, with options, with retirement, um, with a cushion for covering um, all their expenses and good healthcare, right? Um, And it did work for a while, right? Uh, My parents uh, did well in that environment. And it's worked out for a lot of people of their generation. Um, it doesn't really exist anymore, right? Um, those jobs that used to give you progression and security and a pension don't offer that anymore. <laughs> They're paying you a shit wage and <laughs> we need to figure out um, ways uh, to operate in a new way. Um, we can sit around and blame people and wait for um, society or pol- politicians to fix the structural issues, but... I think in the meantime, we need to figure out how do we take individual responsibility and uh, carve new paths because that's really the only option. Yeah. Well, and and I think I think you're absolutely right that I think most people are attached to that old idea. Um, and my parents certainly benefited from the industrial consumer economy model right. of you know get get a good job um, and keep that job until you can retire. And you will do so with money in the bank and with a, a money coming in and be able to take care of your medical expenses along the way and all that. Um, but the, you know, the f- people that are entering this new era, whatever you want to call it, and I think, you know, knowledge economy or gig economy, are those are all fair ways of taking, uh, of, of positioning it positioning it, they, they are still coming up through an, an, an educational system, if they are in public right. educational, that is built for creating workers for that industrial consumer economy. Right. And that, you know, and, and so 
now we can easily slip back to victim mode. Well, it's the system is keeping us down and the system's not serving us. And, you know, it's all their fault. But by the same, you know, circling back to what we said about technology, you know, you can, um, you have the knowledge of the world at your fingertip and it's all free. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, if you choose to, um, self-educate, you can do so, um, you know, for, for little to no money. So it's a, and again, you have the choice. You can spend that time, um, perfecting your, your, um, image on social media or checking out silly cat videos, or you can, you can use this powerful tool to not yeah. only start educating yourself, but employing those lessons in doing work that actually matters, that reflects your your values and your talents. Yeah. And you can start to grow your own, um, you know, grow your own endeavor. And I yeah, think yeah. I like to use that word instead of job anymore, because it's, I think, right. uh, that speaks, speaks more to the idea of meaningful work, which I think you and I are both kind of talking about. It's uh, yeah, and I have some optimism for the future. I think I think still like uh, we've almost gone too hard on the education system. All the people railing against the education have benefited from the education system, um, but uh, it's still an exceptional education system. It's just I think we need to kind of change our mindsets. Like if I was a student now, and I almost took this approach when I was in college and um, high school, is like basically just follow like a bunch of different random things that don't make sense. Like the worst thing you can do is try to track yourself doing one thing uh, because the odds are like that one thing is not going to uh, exist unless you're like perfectly sure you want to uh, be a cancer researcher. And like, I mean, there are exceptions, but um, most people I talk to don't know what they want to be doing. And then two is, uh, I talk to young people in college now and I do a lot of uh, mentoring and volunteering with that population. They're all using YouTube as like the default. Like if they can't understand something in their class, they're going on to like a YouTube video. That's a pretty big shift. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, I have some optimism there that like if they're in the working world, like they're going to be questioning ideas, right? If their boss is just telling them something, they're going to say, actually, have you seen this? Like, here's the better information. Um, at, at least I hope. Um, but I do have some optimism there. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I see a great deal of optimism in the, the generation coming out of college um, and or having just come out of college now in, in, in just the low tolerance for um, meaningless drudgery and um (laughs) hierarchical stupidity and you know what you know and just that 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 spirit of um why you know why you know not settling for you know this is um this is the way it's always been done you know that sort of thing um but by the same token i think there's um there is also this idea that uh you know that I guess there's, I also at the same time see a little impatience in that as well. Like people believe that things, because we're so used to getting everything we want right now, um, sometimes uh, it can be hard to 
uh, to, to, to cultivate that, the, the, the will to persist right. in something that really does take time. and does matter. Right. Yeah, totally agree. I think, uh, but it's, I, I mean, it's almost everyone's responsibility, right? We've been telling people in school for 20, 30 years, you can do whatever you want. And then, <laughs> then you, then it's like, well, you should be practical, take a job. Like you should, um, stay safe. Um, and it's like, those two ideas aren't compatible. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of the security is going to fall out. Like we're probably going to have a recession at some point. And the reality is we have a lot of jobs that exist. Um, I forget what the guy's name is, but he wrote about the idea of bullshit jobs. Like there's so many jobs that don't actually need to exist. And I think we're going to see like in the next recession that a lot of those are going to disappear. And we're really going to have to grapple with a, what do we mean by work? B, what, um, what do we really want people to do and, um, see how do we, uh, support that new type of economy? Excellent. Well, Paul, uh, Paul, we're, we're wrapping up our 30 minutes here. Uh, please share with everybody the best places to connect with you online. Uh, you know, once, once this broadcast ends. So I'm probably tagged here on Facebook. I'm uh, pretty responsive. I love talking and uh, connecting with anyone that's uh, passionate about these issues here on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, my website, you can reach out to me think-boundless.com. I'm also pretty active on Twitter at P underscore Millard and uh, love engaging and hearing from people on these topics. I think uh, I've read and gone deep on these things, but I've only scratched the surface and uh, I'm only as smart as like where people can push me to think deeper and uh, more creatively. Fantastic. Well said. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. If you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with Paul at his website, thinkboundless.com. And also, always good to hear from you at becreativeonpurpose.com. Remember the words of Epictetus, learning that does not lead to action is useless. So now go and share your best work with those that need it. It really matters. Paul Miller, thank you so much for your generosity and being here and for all the great work that you do. Thank you. Keep it up, Scott. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're still with us, we really appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with our guest wherever they live online. And it's always good to hear from you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, remember the words of Epictetus. Learning that does not lead to action is useless. So go out there and share your best work with those that need it. It really matters.